This is our fourth session now on Ephesians 1, 17 to 19, which is Paul's prayer that all the theology and doctrine that he taught in chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, would now be known as utterly, totally life-changing, and not just known the way devils know it. They know it. But we need to know it differently. So he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, of God. So if we're going to know the God of Ephesians 1, 3-14, which is one of the most amazing revelations of God in all the world, then we need a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. And evidently, we need more, or we need this to happen described in a different way. This knowing of him is picked up right here, that you may know him. So the goal of this spirit of wisdom and of revelation is the knowledge of him. And that purpose continues on, that you may know him specifically, and he's going to mention these three amazing, beautiful acts of God and provisions of God. And in between this purpose to know him and this purpose to know what he does, you have this phrase, which is what we focus on for a few minutes now. Father, as we talk about the eyes of the heart, show us what that is. That's a strange picture, Lord. Eyeballs in the heart. What what is that? Lord, help us to know and help us to know what this light is and why Paul feels the need to talk this way after saying, we have a spirit of wisdom and a revelation. So come and work this sight, this illumination in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Just think about it for just a moment in the words themselves. Eyes. What are eyes for? Eyes are for seeing. Seeing what? Seeing reality. What is? Eyes are for not stumbling over things that are there, not falling off of cliffs or not walking into the fire. Eyes are to help you know reality. What really is. Sometimes we exalt imagination, which is fine. The imagination has a wonderful place in the Christian life, but you don't want your imagination dominating closed eyes when you're dying of thirst and there's a well in front of you. You want to see what's really there. You don't want to shut your eyes and imagine an ocean 100 miles away and start traipsing off toward the ocean. You want eyes that see what is really there. And that's what we need. We need reality. And so we have eyes. So these eyes are designed for seeing reality, what is really there. Second thing to notice, hearts. It doesn't say eyes of the head. Eyes of mind or head. 
There are eyes in the head. The mind has eyes. That's not what he's praying about. He's praying about the eyes of hearts. What's the heart? Well, it's not a simple distinction between head and heart in the Bible. We all know that, right? The heart has thoughts, just like the mind does. But the heart is more than thinking. It's also affection and preferring and feeling. And you can see that, for example, here in Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's more than having right doctrine in these melodies. This is the engagement of the human soul, spirit, affections, all that we are deep down in the center of our being that includes our emotions and our affections, not just our our thoughts. So these eyes see what? They see the reality of worth and beauty and greatness in God. They see God as valuable and beautiful and great. This is the kind of seeing that devils do not have. And the Pharisees who saw and did not see did not have. So eyes for reality, hearts that see value, beauty, greatness, and therefore know God as he really is. And then there's light, enlightened, which implies what? That without this happening, we're in darkness. We're in darkness about the knowledge of God. We don't know who God really is. We may talk about him all day dawn, all day long. We may write doctoral dissertations about him, and we don't know his worth. We don't know his beauty. We don't know his greatness. We don't know him because we're darkened. Now, that's the description in Ephesians 4. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, you wonder, what's at the bottom of this darkness? What's at the bottom of this ignorance of God? And the answer is hardness of heart. See that due to? This is beneath this. Hardness of heart gives rise to ignorance. It's not the other way around. It's not like they're innocently ignorant and then they get hard. Hardness precedes and is at the bottom of ignorance. What is this? Because that's got to be overcome if there's going to be light, right? If this is going to happen, that hardness has to be overcome. What is it? Here it is in Romans 2. Do you presume on the riches of of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is being revealed. So God is extending 
all kinds of possibilities of repentance. And this hardness says, no, no. Why? What, what, what is this? What's wrong? Here it is in Romans 1, 28. Since they did not approve to have God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a debased mind. The hardness is a stiff, firm preference not to have God in our knowledge. For who he really is. Not glorious, not beautiful, not pleasing, not authoritative. We don't want him. It's a want issue. And you can see that here just a few verses earlier in chapter 1. They became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and here it is. They exchanged. They preferred. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. They preferred these images. They wanted these images. They desired these images. They were made glad by these images. That's the root issue. At the hardness underneath the blindness and the darkness is a preference. It's not ignorance. It's what we want. It's what we desire. It's what we are made glad by. It's what we approve of. And so you see this double seeing back here in Jesus' teaching. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they don't see. Seeing with the eyes of the head, they don't see with the eyes of the heart. And hearing with the ears of the head, they don't hear with the ears of the heart, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. You will indeed hear with the ears of the head, but never understand with the ears and mind of the heart. Yes, the mind of the heart. And you will indeed see with the eyes of the head, but never perceive with the eyes of the heart. For this people's heart has grown dull. It's hard underneath this lack of perception. And with their ears, they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. So what's the solution for this enlightenment of the eyes of the heart to happen? How can the light of worth, the light of beauty, the life of greatness, to know God as he really is, how can that light stream into our hearts and make us new people thrilled to know God? And the answer, as we saw last time, is here again. But what I didn't point out last time, which I will now, is this. God who said, let light shine out of darkness, that same creator God has got to do it again now in our hearts. He has shown in our hearts. I'm just underlining that. 
he has shown. This is the enlightenment of right there. Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened. When and how did that happen? It happens when God sovereignly says, let there be light in the heart. And what does the heart see? What do the eyes of the heart see when this divine shining happens through the gospel, through the word of God? We get light, the light of the knowledge of the beauty, worth, greatness of God. That's our desperate need. And we Christians need it afresh over and over again, which is why Paul is praying for it here after his great theology.